Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm your other co-host, Donnie Cage. There he is, there he is, there he is. How are we doing on this fantastic Friday, sir? Doing great. It's it's Friday. I always say TGIF on Friday. There you go. Long, long week, and it's finally over. If this is your first time hearing uh, this podcast, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. Uh, no matter where you're listening to us from, we're on all major podcast platforms, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, Spotify, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage does have another podcast that he created and co-hosts. You want to go ahead and tell the audience about that, sir? Yes, sir. If you'd like to also follow my podcast, The Uncaged Voice, we have episodes up on our official YouTube channel, and we also stream on Twitch on my co-host's page, uh, Top Tier Brian. You can look us up. Fantastic. And also, if you ever want to uh, uh, check out the latest news, world news, uh, and uh, pretty cool interviews, we just had... uh, Miss Cunningham on, uh, she uh, actually is the uh, creator of Launch the Jesus Initiative uh, on our last episode. Uh, tomorrow's episode is actually uh, John Sellswarrior. He's an entrepreneur. Uh, he will, he's a fantastic interview. I can't wait for you guys to uh, hear it. Uh, but yeah, we do post new episodes there every Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, here, right here on this channel, we post new episodes every Monday and Friday. Also, if you'd ever like to be a guest or have any questions for Donnie or myself, be sure to email us at OLKentucky, spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. OLKentucky, 99 at yahoo.com. Yeah, so I'm very excited. Uh, we do have a special guest with us here today. Uh, he's the host of Buzzing with Marlo, former pro wrestler. Let's give it up for Mr. Marlo himself, sir. How are we doing? What's up, KY guy? What's up? What's up? What's up? It's always good to be here, man. Go right ahead, sir. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you good. You good. Um, guys, it's always a pleasure, especially to come back on. Uh, I love always being on here. I actually just got done doing my show just not even 10 minutes ago, and I was just plugging in talking about how I love Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast, especially with you and Donnie. Y'all have great minds with it, and y'all have got a good personality for sure. And, I mean, it's it's just always a good welcome to be here. Man, I tell you what, uh, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, if you can, uh, go ahead and tell the folks there uh, 
a little bit about yourself and maybe uh, uh, promote your podcast there. You, who is on your show this week? Uh, uh, Flynn Hendricks. Um, he's an independent pro wrestler veteran of 15 years. I know. Years. The Hill. Um, if, yeah, yeah. He's uh, very well known. And um, Flynn actually was on SummerSlam. Uh, he was actually an extra. He was one of the security guards in the scene between Rollins and Riddle when they did their uh, squaffle in the ring and stuff like that. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, definitely a great episode. It was a good chat. Um, we got... It was almost a two-hour chat. Um, and definitely I'm going to uh, probably have a part two really soon with him also because, I mean, it was just really cool to talk. I mean, if you... If you're interested in these chats where you want to hear from wrestlers' perspectives of how the business is and their, and their visual of how they do day-to-day basis, uh, highly go check that out. Um, two family men, guys, that just love the art of wrestling and gave everything we have on it. And Flynn is still going strong, 15 years. But um, I'm the host of Buzzing with Marlo. Uh, if, you ha- if you haven't heard of me... Um, I am the American prodigy, as the KY guy announced that I am a former pro wrestler that is now getting back into wrestling at the same time. I'm pretty sure we'll reveal that a little bit more. But I am a former pro wrestler that became a podcaster. I have been doing podcasting for over three years now, and I am officially on season four. Um, last, Last season, we ended it off at the 100th episode, which was a very confrontational thing. Um, I think I talked about it last time I was on here about the 100th episode. We are officially now on episode 107. Um, every new episode on Fridays, every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, the live video editions will be on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and um, Twitch. And then obviously I'll do the audio version of it at 10 p.m. that night. It just depends on how fast I can get it done. But. Yeah, definitely. Always a pleasure to be on. Definitely love talking wrestling. I'm always open to talk about wrestling. I feel like that's the main thing I'm on podcasting now for is to talk about wrestling. But it's just a great thing, especially how wrestling is now. What else is there really to talk about? Because it has gotten so sensationally good. Right it is. Uh, it's reminding me of the old days of wrestling. It really is. And uh, I'm enjoying it, man. Uh, your AEW has pretty much taken the place of WCW, and WWE is your old <laughs> WWF, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I'm loving it. We're back into the attitude era without even knowing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, since we're talking about that, brother, uh, let's. Uh, what did you think about this last pay-per-view, Extreme Rules, man? Uh, uh, I, I made a statement on our last episode, and uh, Donnie kind of thought I was kind of far out there, but truth truth man i gotta be how i feel uh i think that mm-hmm. that pay-per-view uh beat wrestlemania this year i just have to say that i thought it was great the brock lesnar and uh, the main event of wrestlemania uh i was there for let me yeah, down that you know one, what i mean yeah. uh but uh yeah, yeah what'd you think about this uh, pay-per-view um it was very well delivered um, matches bell to bell were very well done. I thought character driven in these matches were really well. And especially it was what the pay per view was titled Extreme Rules. Like usually when you do an Extreme Rules pay per view, you get one to two matches 
and then it's just like a regular Raw or SmackDown type scenario. So I love that they really put the effort into making that title meaningful for the whole entire show. I mean, you had so many different types of matches for it, extreme background. I mean, the first match, you had... Uh, what, how, I'm trying to remember how they called it for Sheamus in the Imperial match. That was just a straight slugfest. If you love like that old school New Japan snug and just violent style, that is a match that you should watch right there. Um, then you got the match with Ronda and Liv, where actually, shockingly, they delivered pretty well, I thought. Um, Liv took an absolute beating. Um, if the crowd could not get behind her in anything, I don't know what else to do with that. But I liked the match. I thought Liv presented herself well. And Ronda held herself out pretty well as well. Um, you got you got that cross-utilizing with them taking a bat and involving tables and actually being the Extreme Rules match. And then you had the match, you know, where everybody was talking about with Finn and Edge last man standing they went above and beyond with that one and the finish um I'm sorry man if you would have put my wife in that storyline too I mean there is you have emotional feelings toward that match especially for Edge you know exactly I I still said that was going to be the match of the night period I'm a big Finn Balor fan and Edge is Oh my gosh, there's not one bad match this guy is doing right now. It is insane to me. And he's still being able to revamp himself. Even when that watered-down style that they're doing with him sometimes, he could still make it fresh and make it presentable and enjoy it at the same time. And, you know, the story with Dominic in this transition, Dominic not even having to do anything, and it's still, like, absolute clearest heat that you could possibly get for anybody is for Dominic right now regarding with his dad and everything that he's doing um, and then you got you know the match with Becky and Bailey doing the ladder match you had so many different types of extreme rules type match and if you were an MMA fan you got the infamous you know in the in the uh, what, I'm trying to remember fight. what it's called I think it's a dog fight pit yeah the fight pit and you got so many different styles of combat. It wasn't necessarily just with all weapons either. It was literally a all-out type of show. And that is something that I thought WWE really did well with. And I can't fully say it was better than WrestleMania just because WrestleMania is like a Super Bowl show. Um, WrestleMania and Royal Rumble and Survivor Series still probably my favorite ones. When it comes to pay-per-view-wise on a WWE platform. And obviously I'm starting to like these, uh, you know, the Saudi Arabia shows and stuff. Just because it's an old school type show. But I really love the fact that they stuck to the title. It wasn't just one to two matches and then a regular Raw or SmackDown. It was very well, I thought, Brother, well you're you're not talking about the best part of the whole freaking thing. I didn't want to say anything. I wanted John well, to have that. Oh, we talked about part, this on our know? last episode. We already went through our predictions and everything. I just okay. wanted to get your feel. Yeah, and they delivered it. I, I think the best part about that was they gave him a vignette where he didn't even have to do anything. And I loved when they started the. He's got the whole world. That can just make a very emotional standpoint. 
like scary standpoint. Like you're excited, but you're freaked out at the same time because all these little transitions are happening while this song is going on. Some of it sounded like Bray, and some of it didn't sound like Bray. If anybody didn't realize it, it kind of sounded like Bo Dallas was on the microphone more than anything. And it was like, literally, you're getting the Firefly Flying House characters in front of you, in the crowd. And the crowd was freaking out to it. Like, they were excited, but they were scared at the same time. That's when you know this is well done. And I said it numerous times on thousands of podcasts lately that... When WWE signed that Marvel writer, things were going to transition, and I felt that Bray Wyatt was the addition for this Marvel writer to be in this process, to get this presented out, and I love what they did with it, and the tri- the tribute to Brody Lee, um, beautiful done, and for Bray to still transition himself to... Not the Fiend, not the old Wyatt, and he brought the Lantern out, but a newer mask. So now we're going to find out what's that newer mask is the same time. So it's it's so good of a return. Now, what's next? That's the biggest thing everybody's wondering. And now that he's on Fox, everybody's been losing their mind going, oh man, who's that first one? Who's the first victim? Or are they even going to do a victim? Are they going to announce who the group is for the white six. So a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, questions have not been answered yet. And that's one thing that most reactions I've gotten about extreme rules is what's going to happen with that. And as good as the show was, and I said it still, if that didn't happen, you would have had upset fans, but it wouldn't have been in that emotional feeling like how we did with MJF. With the AEW pay-per-view. If MJF didn't show up on that pay-per-view, it would have probably been a stink show. People would have crapped on it and whatever because that's what they were expecting. Now, with Bray showing up, it made it better, but it still would have had that meaning because the show itself delivered very, very, very well, I thought. So, for Bray to come back, that tells you there was something that was trusted and now... The ball is in his court, and we're about to see some crazy stuff. Because if nobody remembers, Triple H's first project was Bray yep. Wyatt. And uh, he's on SmackDown tonight. It's very, uh, you know, yep. and we there's so many, uh, and I love it, man, because there's no spoilers really out there. Everybody's guessing. No mm-hmm. spoilers. Yep. That's what I loved about that part. He- no no dirt sheets, nothing. You cannot find these infos about What's the white six? You could possibly have a possible opinions and who you think it is, but there's no dirt sheet. So, oh, you know, it's this guy or it's this guy. Like, you're getting stuff hinted on Instagram and all these social media stuff. Like, with Eva Marie making a thing talking about with her and the Bray Wyatt stuff. Like, there's people all including into this just to feed into it to make people lose their mind even more. Like, I've said it numerous times, man. This is not like AEW booking where you just get everything at one hand. Like one thing that AEW delivered so much was the MJF story. And that thing was perfectly well done. Now I want to see where this goes all around. Like what's going to – I really want them to drag out who the White Six are, drag out what Bray's mindset is. I've said it numerous times. Don't have Bray on every single week. Uh, Have a vignette. Do not have this man on show every single week. Have that 
an attraction type style because that's what Bray was known to be in an attraction. So I really want to see what they're going to do with this because it is going to be insane. And when he shows up, that's when you know it's about to be real. uh, (laughs) QR codes and the uh, white rabbit and all that. I think that's how we're going to get it. I think they're going to keep it feeding us just a little bit each time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I have to, I mean, I've heard in that Eva Marie thing, that's got to be, she's got to be trolling. There's no way. <laughs> she doesn't know how to wrestle, man. I mean, she's got to... I, I I will stop watching the product if Eva Marie returns to TV. Just just gonna say. Hey man, everybody's been saying stuff that they'll stop watching the product on yeah. so many other things, and you know it still happens, man. It, it's just in your blood that you've watched this for so long. I've I've used this metaphor so vaguely, and I think it fits perfect. You know when you watch the first Fast and the Furious. You've watched all of them. It's my, you might as well finish it off. Just because it's it's that show that you started watching. And it's something that you've gotten so accustomed to. I've literally said it the last... The last Fast and Furious is probably the worst one of them all. Even though I'm a Rock fan. And it wasn't just because of that. It was just, first of all, Cars in Space. Come on, be real. But literally... You're going to watch these things because you've watched them from so long as it is. And it's it's like a piece of you that is into these shows every it's single It's just like week. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad's bad. Uh, that, exactly, man. I just started watching that because my recent guest that I had, he was an actor on it. So I've just been starting to watch that now, and I've actually been a big oh, fan man, of I'm it so a, I, I've watched it completely through like three times. And uh, I'm thinking about doing it again. <laughs> it's just, it's a great show, man. It, it really is. Um, yeah, man. Shout out to Larry Hankin, man. He got me to start watching it. I didn't know really anything about it. I knew family were talking about it. And they thought I was insane knowing that I interviewed him and I never watched Breaking Bad. And <laughs> they're like, that's offending people. And he didn't really care at the same time, but he said that was one of his favorite projects. Wait a minute. You so. you interviewed Larry Hinkle? Yeah, Hinkle, I mean. Hankin. Sorry. Yeah, Larry Hankin. Um, I had him on last week. And um, we uh, talked about, you know, his acting and stuff. Now, he's a writer. And he was talking about, like, some of the most meaning shows that people remember him off of. They didn't know him by his name. They knew him from just his face. And they're like, he said, he lives in California. He would always be like, oh, you're that guy. And it was like, so I I love the fact that I did the title, what I put in for it. Because apparently nobody really knew who Larry Hankin was. They just knew of his face. Knew he was in all these movies and shows. Larry Hankin's been on Planes and Trains. He's been on Home Alone. He's been on Friends. I mean, big shows with a small role, but still, you're that character that's been with that show for the whole long call. So, and he really talks about, you know, with the Breaking Bad and stuff like that. So, it's really cool to finally see that, and it was even cooler to actually have that show. Yeah, the, uh, well. the only reason why I even know his name or recognize it is because of Breaking Bad. Uh, I actually did a search, uh, and mm-hmm. he came up in, uh, Go- like, this was a long time ago. He came up in Google, and I was like, Oh, wow, I've yeah. seen that guy in other shows. You know what I mean? Once I see yeah, he, he's, got, he's got some good uh, analogies for sure. Like some of the stuff he was talking about. Uh, 
and it struck me in a way because I mean you don't want to think about it but it, it's a reality and it was just very educating to what he was giving out and I actually just listen I actually just read one of his books recently I don't really ever really read books spoiler <laughs> guys I really don't I'm not a book reader uh, probably won't be I don't like just having a book in my hand the whole time but I actually read his book and it you could just tell the personality that he was that he had so much more to deliver than what you saw on screen so it was really cool to have that and I'm actually a big fan of these Breaking Bad shows I used to not really care for shows you know with drugs and all that but yeah it's, it, it's really well you know done, what I mean it reminds me say. of the uh it gives you a different vibe. It's not like those ones like you just shun upon. Like it's entertaining and it and it has a story and the story is so compelling. And I've been watching them now and I've actually finally took a break from watching two of them today because my daughter has to watch, you know, Coco Melon at least one or two episodes a day as well. So <laughs> so we had to watch Coco Melon to break off it, the It reminds me episodes. of the Sopranos. <laughs> I used to be a big Soprano guy. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. I, I really remembered me the Sopranos vibe. That and um, I don't know if y'all remember oh, the show yeah. The Shield. It kind of gave me that. It gave me that vibe more than the Sopranos. Yeah, you know, I never vibe. thought about that. You're talking. That's the one with the ball headed cop, right? That he's actually a crook, but he's yep. a cop. Yeah. Uh, that that's actually a mm-hmm. great show. I forgot about that. Wow. That was one. That was a really good show that sh- was going yeah, way too absolutely. soon, in my opinion. So you mentioned we were talking about extreme rules, and uh, we'll get off that here in just a moment. But uh, you mentioned the Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan match. What do you think about Liv at the end? I mean, are we mm-hmm. going to see anything tonight? Or that that face, man, when she was. Hey, that's one of those. That's one of them questions that we want. We we got to figure out what's going to happen. Um, there's a rumor going around that she might be part of that white six. I think she'd be a great addition to it. Um, I really want to know what they're going to do with Liv, and I'm and I'm curious if they're going to continue her with the, what she has because the fans loved her at first, and then when she won that title, they tr- they turned on her like well, like well, that. Well, a lot so, of that though had to do with her booking, though more so than Liv herself, in my opinion. It's it's a little bit of both. You gotta have you see, and I think this is the best way. And I've learned this being in this business is you know if your hand is something, you give everything you got. And and I've and I've seen some of the stuff that Liv had is just like some of the stuff she did not really. It did not look like she tried to invest herself into doing. And sometimes some of the stuff that can stink a joint out could be some of the best angles. A great example of what Sami Zayn's doing right now. If you were that hardcore fan watching this to what it was, and if you were the ones that were getting these dirt sheet stuff, you would absolutely crap on what Sami has been doing with the bloodline, which it's made the bloodline so much better and making it more believable and making more storylines out of it where it doesn't even matter what's going on with the title. Like, you're going, what's what's Sami going to do next? Like, What's he going to do to Jay? What's Jay going to do to Sammy? What's Jimmy? What's How's Jimmy going to do with this? Like, you've got so many different stories with that group now just because of a Sammy. And I feel like with Liv, with that change of character that she has got so far from what we experienced on Stream Rules, 
I feel like we're going to get an evolved version of the Liv Morgan that we're used to seeing. And I think we're going to get back to like that, um, you know, that old Harley Quinn type character that she was when she was with the Riot Squad or something like that. We know Sarah Logan is probably in the possibilities of coming back as well. So who knows? They might bring half of Riot Squad back. And, you know, Ruby might tag along too after her health is back on track, knowing that. She ain't doing nothing with AEW in a long time, but it's only a transition, and I love what they did with that because it kind of could have actually threw Ronda off in a way. I actually wish that Liv would have won this match if she would have done that because it would have made Ronda look like, what else is there to do to beat this woman? And that would have presented Liv a stronger competitor. So I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with this. And... um the smiley and all that stuff that just shows that there's a lot more in her, in her twitter answer. slack ever since extreme rule and seth rollins twitter yep. slack. and i do and i do know that in real life yep. that uh she is bo dallas's girlfriend and has been for many years uh so and there's rumors yep. that he's coming and she's been very quiet with yeah, that yeah i used to think that too. she was uh gay to be honest with you that's what i first heard about her years ago so i just went with it and just never talked about it you know what i mean uh if i remember i know she was oh, with wow. enzo for a while um yeah because that's when she got the pig yeah that's when she had a pet I don't pig remember. the first time she had the pet pig was <laughs> when, when she had enzo when she was with enzo because i remember seeing that on social media a lot and so I know of that one, and I knew she was with um, Tyler Bate for a little bit. I think she and I think she's dating Bo Dallas in real life now. Yeah, where you been, son? That's what yep. I just said. Wake up! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so it's so just let's a lot get of what is. Reason why you're on the show today? One of the reasons. Uh, last week I was on your Uh-oh. on your uh, podcast, looking around on YouTube, and uh, I kind of caught you in something. Mm-hmm. We all know that you're going to. We all know that you're what getting you ready me? to have a match with the the Andrade wannabe, right? And but you're actually yep. trying to sneak by us, and you're actually having a match before then, aren't you? <laughs> um, it was a last minute plan, and I think I told you um, last week. Um, I'm wrestling a guy that I've sat here and honored every single time i've told i think i've said it on here too one of my favorite opponents ever was less fortunate and he had to retire due to health issues and stuff like that so i got a last minute text message and was asked how do you feel about going one more and i was like you know i'm not gonna say no but how are you able to go and little needless to say he attacked me at a gym so definitely we know exactly how this storyline's about to go um literally i i literally was dead set i was going to do one match and i remember me and you talked about it and you were like is this a run or is this one match off and you know i was focused with the el nino storyline and stuff like that that's why i've been training the way i have lately and I definitely, I deserve to give everybody a run. So, I'm not saying I'm going to be doing about 30 to 40 matches like I used to. It's going to be very short coming matches. Um, 
but I'm looking forward to this match because it's going to be a show for anti-bullying event. It's going to be in Thomasville, Georgia um, at the Thomas County Middle School. Uh, there's going to be some awesome people there. If you're a Georgia Bulldog fan, they're going to have a lot of Hall of Fame Georgia Bulldog players there. Um, if I remember, I think Herschel Walker is supposed to be at this show as well. Um, that's going to be cool for me, uh, even though I'm a Miami Hurricane fan. <laughs> I mean, who don't love who don't love seeing college old alumni NFL legend college players? You know what I mean? So What's the I'm date looking forward to stuff like that. And being back in that background. Oh, coming up. Uh, November wow, 5th. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be right around the corner. And I'm going one more with so, one guy that literally gave me my absolute best out of me. Um, I can never say we've ever had a bad match. We've had over 20 to 30 matches. Um, but there's never been a bad match with us. And it's going to be really curious to see two guys that have not touched in over set over six years i wrestled him my second year of wrestling so we haven't touched in almost seven years since i've i've been gone him being gone and you know so it's going to be interesting to see what's wow, going to happen with this so if you're in that area if you're in georgia area highly recommend to come out um, there's going to be a big card coming out with Doyle as well. We got Farouk that's supposed to be showing out as well. So if you're a big fan of Ron Simmons, you know the old catchphrase from the APA. Uh, he's going to be there. That I've been told, and I've heard there's supposed to be more announcements coming film? up really soon. So definitely looking forward to that. Are they going to film it? What's that? I'm hoping, and I've asked. You know, I want that match between me and less fortunate one more time for sure i want i want to definitely I want to watch that one again because that was one match that's one match that was never supposed to happen ever again and it i can't say no to it and like i said it was last minute and i was like you know yeah, what? i'm looking forward to it. why not why not i've been training hard for this and you know the thing with el nino el nino keeps bantering his spot and if y'all didn't see last week's episode I showed up at the building where he was, and I haven't heard anything from Blabbermouth since. So I think I heard his feelings, and I think he's realized that he can't keep running away because actually the promotion that I was at, they invited me in there, and the only thing that they told me I couldn't do, we could not, I could right. not put my hands on somebody. So I was respectful on that. And apparently I still almost cost him what he's claiming almost cost him the match. Um, he was wrestling a guy that is very new, and he almost lost, yeah, even though he I was cheating it. the whole match. So I already know what I'm going into with this guy, and I know he doesn't wrestle on his own. So I've already got third eye in the back of my head when I go with this guy. And I'm telling you right now, that emoji is going to be flipped all over this daggone ring. I am going to throw him limb from limb i am not kidding guys if you haven't seen my training videos i'm lifting the weight my my warm-up weight is what he weighs so literally let that just You're, be known I, for what is about to happen so i am looking I forward to on your training oh, videos wow. <laughs> uh you're taking some bumps too so it looks like yes sir yep i'm not showing that i'm taking bumps because i want everyone to see visually how i am in the ring 
like I have said in the comment last uh, two days ago, because I had a friend that's from Boston that saw the event flyer. And he's like, you're wrestling. He's like, man, I might fly out to see this. I said, it's going to be an interesting show because I have been behind the scenes bumping and training, getting myself prepared for this. So there is going to be a lot of showcase that I'm going now, to Now, when you go when against uh, the train. Andrade wannabe, uh, I'd love to get that guy in the show. I would love to have a talk to him. I'd give him, I'd have him tour all to pieces. Uh, what is your, uh, do you have the official <laughs> date now that you can promote the match? Um. So they wanted to extend it out a little bit longer, um, because the venue that we had already, we couldn't put no more people in, and they were upset. So now we're extending it out. Um, also for me, because like I said, I want my son there, and that's the biggest thing for me. I want my son to be at this show. Uh, the plan is right now in January. So that's something that we're looking at right now, set in stone. Um, that's one bad thing about independent shows. You know, you could either draw a house or, you know, stink the bed, but still possibly you don't know how the promoter is going to take that show. Um, I've actually had over 37 promoters contact me about this, this match. They want to showcase it, whatever. It's just I want it at the proper area to where... A good selection of the audience, you know, from the the podcast audience and stuff like that. I want it kind of like a visual out there. It's not like I can go and wrestle all somewhere all the way in North in New York and think that this match is going to be that impactful because, I mean, I have an audience in New York, but it's not like I'm fully known in that New York area. You know what I mean? So it's like somewhere I want that this can really be that showcasing part. And what we are working on right now is. It should be aired on the Buzzing with Marlo platform. That's going to probably be one of the episodes. That's going to be like a special. I think we'll just air out the entire show that night. Um, I think that would be cool. So we're just looking at to see what we can do to get this all presented out. And I will definitely have that date as much as I can. <laughs> I'm tired of this dude running. He's been bantering back and forth. And now all of a sudden it's... He's scared because apparently he didn't realize old old retired me would get back into a shape and not only a shape I'm I feel like I'm in way better shape than I was when I was AP when I first started so definitely excited about this I am I'm definitely I feel more I feel more confident and which is crazy because I haven't been in the ring actually like in a show in front of a crowd in so long so i should be super nervous and stuff like that. i'm just excited so it's cute it i'm not even going really to be able to be there and day. i'm excited uh i hope you guys aired it on pay-per-view or something because i'm gonna I appreciate it i've got to watch it that's what we're trying to go for we're trying to uh, talk to the iwn probably put it like on their TV. app or something but we're definitely trying to get yeah, some like big tv they're always good about that it. kind of stuff too so Yeah, we just got to make sure we have that type of, um, you know, how the building is. They want to kind of like have like a scenery of how the building is. So we don't want to do it like at a like at a school or something like that. You know what I mean? Like you want to have like that show. Yeah, feel I thought you were, might have thought so about doing it outside really but want, in January. That wouldn't be possible. That's a hit or miss in uh, our area. <laughs> I know we just battled out a hurricane, and apparently 
it was terrified of Jacksonville. So <laughs> we got past that part, but rain still finds a <laughs> well, way to come Well, folks, don't forget out. on November 5th, uh, you will have, in what middle school, what was that called again? What middle school was that? Uh, Thomas County Middle School. Thomasville, Georgia. Thomasville, Georgia. So that's on November 5th. Uh, and it sounds like you two know each other pretty well. Uh, you've been, you know, anytime you wrestle somebody that many times, uh, you definitely get a feel for them. So that should be a great match. It should be a fantastic match. Oh, yeah. And both of you coming out of retirement, holy cow. That's, that's the, that is, I think that's the most craziest thing. Like, when we first started out, you knew we were going to deliver. Like, I've said it numerous times, if me and Less Fortune were booked on a match, if we were match number one, you were going to have trouble following it. Because we legit had a heat standpoint where people really believed we absolutely hated each other. And we absolutely would have the crowd involved the crowd would hate him the crowd would invest in me to love more so it was just a super great storytelling aspect and the matches were so different every single time for us to go 30 times it is shocking to have a different type of match that's like every uh, single uh, time so it's insane and i and we used to go the distance so um (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if we're going to go the full, you know, 60 minutes like we used to, uh, but we're going to definitely deliver. That's awesome, we're definitely man. Uh, I can't wait. It needs to be recorded. It's got to be recorded. I've got to watch it. We're going to talk to the promoters. Absolutely. Well, you got a cell phone, brother. Just it. have somebody hold it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know, but you know, with me being a mask character, sometimes I want to still kind of keep that mysterious standpoint, especially when we're out in that area. Um, I can still have that, oh man, he's that mystery guy standpoint. So I try to always try to stay away from the kayfabe with, even though clearly on the podcast you, you're hearing that I'm a mask guy. Um, I was in Baker County just recently holding the mask up, and people just lost it instantly. Um, if I'm pretty sure people saw that scene where I popped in El Nino's uh, show, and I just put. And the only reaction I did, guys, I I raised my mask, guys, yeah, and it shook him, shook him, and the crowd knew what was going on. That was the crazy part. Like, I have not been like in any promotion show or anything in a long time, and that reaction it just made this so much more for me. And I've always, I've always said, man, it's a bad injection because now I feel like, like I said, I was only doing one match. Now it's making me go, hey, man, you know, I don't know, maybe it's one, two, three. I mean, but I'm still strictly there's no, hey, I'm, I know what my number is going to be. I'm not revealing it fully because I don't want to sit there and say, yeah, that's what I got, and everybody's just going to be like, oh, you know, you can go one more, or whatever. I want to definitely have something dead set because this is me just going out on my own terms. And for me to have that match with Less Fortune again, that is a blessing to have. Um, the biggest story, obviously, is both of us coming out of retirement. What are you going to get out of two guys that are just coming out of retirement? Um, but the match with me and El Nino, that's gotten so much more notice just because of how we've been presenting this thing. I mean, we've been... We've been building this feud just on a podcast and on social media. So that is something that has been really meaningful to me in the standpoint ways too is because this is the show if you really give an effort, you can still deliver. 
regardless of what you're aired, what you're given, if you present this thing out and you give everything you got, things are going to show. People are going to see this. And when I was in Baker County, people absolutely hate this guy. So it is not going to be hard to, you know, the crowd wanting me to just beat the living daylights out of this dude because they absolutely <laughs> despise this guy. Like, I remember at Baker County, I wish I had the video. Someone was literally throwing bread at him. So it was pretty This guy, he's, he's easy to hate, man. He really is. <laughs> he threw a temper tantrum he, when someone threw a breadcrumb in his hair. No lie. I the, wish the I had the video. The scene where you said that uh, you hilarious. lifted your mask up, that's the clip that you showed on your podcast last week, right? Yeah, I seen that. Yeah, that was awesome. That was yep. wild. Uh, and I, if you remember the first time you were on the show, and yeah. you mentioned about uh, the last match. I told you, I said, man, once you get that adrenaline and hear the crowd again, it's going to be hard to, you know, just stop. Like I said, <laughs> man, it's a, it's a bad injection. It's a bad one. Sometimes you just, uh, and, and like I said before, like when I first started this, I, I felt like I needed it because, you know, from my backstory, just in my personal life, I've been very open about what has happened with me in my past, you know, I'm a father of a special needs child that is not with his mother. So that is a very tough thing to deal with. That's eight hours away. I get them five times out of a year. So it's like I had so much stuff I've had to deal with. I I really depended on American Braji. I really depended on him. I really believed like, hey, the woman I'm married to, she, she liked him at first. Like, you know, these are the things I really believed for the longest time. It sounds crazy. Like, yeah, I'm with my wife that really thought, you know, this mascot was more popular or whatever. But I got the glimpse after my second season on the podcast and realized people love Warren Marlowe just as much as they love this guy. And for me, I've been really adamant. I've been quietly doing stuff, and I remember I told you I was quietly getting my health back in track because I was seeing guys announce that they were coming back from neck injuries. So it's like if they can come back and they were broken, their necks were broken. I was just slightly messed up. I was, you know, not fully broken. I just literally knew, okay, I got to stop. I got to stop. And I gave five years. I've been rehabbing myself. I've been making sure my health is right. I've been doing a proper, you know, I used to be so against yoga. Yoga is probably one of the best adamant things that I can do right now these days. Um, the stretching, my proper recovery and stuff like that. It has built me up to be where I am again. And I'm loving it. I am very blessed. I am thinking the the good one above every single day that I'm getting this opportunity to do this because I was told you will die if you keep doing this from a doctor and for me to come back after the same doctor that I just went back like not even two to three months ago and got checked and they go we don't even see you have a problem but you know they obviously going to be worried because, you know, from the past concussions and stuff like that, just be safe, you know. So it's just a great blessing that I can even give this back. And this is me giving back to the audience. Like, I feel like they deserve to see me one more time in the whole gear, in the mask, the gloves, 
the red, white, and blue. I have a new entrance song coming out. That's going to be really cool. I have my new jacket that just got made. Um, I am very, very yeah. blessed of what's going on right now. I've been very busy. But yeah, man, it sounds like you got a second lease on life, busy. and that's fantastic. So that's what I was going to ask you. Are you still going to wear the mask? And you are, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He started it, man. I can't I can't just not let him do it anymore. And plus, I was training recently, and I'm still smiling. So, yeah, well, uh, we got to keep the mask. Uh, <laughs> there was a time when Rey Mysterio went without his mask, and it was so odd. So, I, especially your older fans, I don't think they did. Uh-huh. They're, they're going to appreciate you keeping the mask. So, yeah, I think that's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can't I can't yeah. wait. I mean, you've got me pumped up just talking about it. So, uh yeah, man, November fifth. I'm. It's it's just going to be the the taste bud to start off and really see what we can do, you know, with the matches with El Nino. Um, Is he going to go in the wheelchair really with interesting. him? Interesting. You know? I am so. <laughs> uh, what I'm hearing, yes, and I just saw their little promo that he just uh, decided to deliver. Um, he waited till the episode literally ended to di- to uh, try to make an acknowledgement that I've got his notice, and um, I'll have to air it out pretty soon. But um, I've heard all his group is supposed to be there, so I like I said, yeah, there. I mean, the guy in what? wheelchair, what's Come he gonna on. do? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, uh, but the other guy uh, is he lost him though, right? I thought I I watched somewhere where he lost his uh, muscle. So is he gone now, or is he back with them? Yeah. Um, the Muscle Boy, um, the real big. See, that's tall, the only Max one that Dawson. concerned me. Yeah, he's so. not there no more. Um, brutal, brutal can hold himself a little bit more, but <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I this won't be my first time wrestling somebody that's had, you know, three or four guys. I've been jumped before, and like I said it before, and, and this ain't just a quote from John Cena. All I gotta do is pin you one, two, three. I would think that that's, you probably have your own really all uh, kind do. of small group that's going to be there, like one, two, three pocket. Hey, I have an I have an idea know. of guests, right? <laughs> Who they might be? Just a maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Oops, that's a white machine, rabbit edition of this. You never we'll know. See. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge. Uh, yeah, I've got friends. If you follow, if friends, anyone follows so your podcast, they know say. exactly what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. You've got a lot of them out there, man. Um, so, uh, yeah, do you follow GCW at all, or yeah? Because I'm addicted. I, I watch them all. So, um, oh yeah, I actually wrestled really? Effie my um, fourth year. Yes, um, Effie started out in the Georgia area, and. Um, Effie has transitioned insane. Uh, I remember, I remember all the naysayers used to say about Effie because Effie wasn't properly trained. Effie was, you know, gay, doesn't r- run wild in wrestling and stuff like that. And Effie has done all of this. Like Effie promoted a show in Gainesville. It's called the, um, I think it's called the Gay Brunch or whatever. And it, you're getting big names that are doing this show, and. That just tells you how well Effie is doing in this business. Like, Effie is, 
I mean, Effie just headlined a match with Moxley not even, what, four weeks ago? Last Saturday. What's that? Yep, last Saturday. And not even that, doing stuff with Matt Cardona and stuff like that. Like, people really like the character. Like, I got a good story with that one first. So, when I first worked Effie, and when I first started wrestling, I really thought everything was just a gimmick. Like, I thought, you know, him being that way, I thought it was a gimmick. And because he talked to me normal, he did not give me that vibe at all. Like, not saying I'm against it. I have I have brother-in-laws that are gay. And I'm not against it at all, guys. But he did not give me those vibes at all. Like, I talked to him the whole day. Guys in the back were laughing with me and stuff. Because especially when Effie knew I was a mask guy. So, Effie was like having a whole plan like we went over in the back like this was at the time where i was i was learning now just how to call it in the ring and effie only knew how to really like get the crowd involved and he was supposed to work bad guy but he was like an in-betweener type bad guy meets good guy type scenario and um i thought he was just a character okay he's (laughs) acting to be gay cool I've watched his matches. This will be interesting. And I got really close with him that day. We were talking, laughing, whatever. So when we got into the match and he started smacking my behind and all this other stuff, I got the hint that he is fully this way. And I was so thrown off, but the crowd loved every bit of it because it was so, it was so, it was the small details that we did in the match that, no one else did in their matches. Everybody was doing, you know, false finishes and all this stuff. Like, we did very small details. It was it was more like an uh, entertainment segment. But I was so thrown out of my comfort zone working with Effie. And it's so cool to see him, you know, work with Mox, uh, Matt Cardona, um, being the face of GCW now. Like, he's legit the main draw guy. He just recently just got back from wrestling in New Japan for GCW. So... That is, that's insane what they're growing on. And I just did a, a podcast with um, with my buddy Sean. He he does Sensibly Cynical, and he's big on GCW. He <laughs> loves, you know, those death matches, matches, and he wanted my opinion on stuff like that. I, when I was wrestling, when I first started wrestling, guys, I would have crapped on it because I'm like, what's the meaning of it? Like, it's no longevity. But it does, it's what that audience likes. It's it's that type of wrestling that people get really invested into. And GCW is, I hate to say it, they're probably going to do way better than what ECW did because they have guys that can wrestle and they're not just doing all these crazy death matches every single time, but they're doing it at a pace that is going to give I them agree. A, a good run. And I'm very impressed with it. I'm very <laughs> impressed with it. I'm not a big fan of Nick Gage. I... Don't like the pizza cutter ordeal, but people like him. He's well, a, he's a character. He he's well. You know what I'll say about him. I recently watched the uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode that talked about his career and uh, and his life really because you know he's had a lot of legal issues over the years. Spent a lot of time in jail. Yeah, that's one reason why I had a problem with him a long time when I first met him because I was just presented with just oh yeah he just like you know got out of prison for this such and such. So it threw me off at first, and I was kind of very judgmental when I first started. So 
when me watching that documentary, I actually went back and even told Effie, I was like, hey, tell this guy I apologize and stuff like that because you never know what people are going through until stuff is aired. Sorry I cut you off, Donnie, but no, I, no, I needed I, to get I, that I, part off because a lot of people thought, oh, man, Warren cuts off, <laughs> you know, Warren shuns Nick Gage every single every no, episode. I no, appreciate like, the personal perspective, though, because a lot of people, you know, we, we don't know. We, don't, we never met him in person. You know, we just know stories about them and what we've seen on uh, you know the matches and everything but uh, it's good to hear like somebody's mm-hmm. personal perspective of having like actually interacted with them in real life yeah um, mm-hmm. that that is uh, that's pretty amazing I didn't even know if you even heard of these a lot of people haven't even heard of it but you're right I do uh, I think that uh, <laughs> I've worked a couple of bar uh, now shows, see I, I I am the old <laughs> Uh, backyard wrestling type of fan, so that's right up my alley, man. Uh, GCW is. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you have a chance to watch the match with Moxley? I, I thought it was incredible. Yeah, the last Saturday, the Moxley engage match. I watched bits of it. I just watched bits of it. Um, I saw obviously the ending because I've got so many friends Mind and they you. love spoiling every freaking thing in the book. So literally, while I'm at work, I have to mute everyone. I mean everyone on social media. I have to literally make sure I'm on airplane mode on my phone so I don't get no reveals or anything. I didn't even get to watch Extreme Rules until after I got off work, and that was like almost at 6 a.m., and I stayed up watching the entire Extreme Rules because I knew people were going to spoil it for me. So I I've still I still got to watch it. Um I don't. I'm not gonna lie and say that's like my number one priority to watch, um, but I, I do want to see it because obviously Moxley and him have wrestled countless times, and this might be their last one. Obviously, with Moxley signing the deal that he did with AEW, so it's gonna be really interesting to see. I heard. I heard uh, it was a positive feedback, especially good for Nick Gage, and obviously. That is going to be his, honestly, I will say that's probably going to be his WWE. You know, that match that he did on AEW is probably going to be the biggest platform he's been on because Nick Gage lives and breathes. Yeah, he, uh, I, now I watched the match. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but, uh, <laughs> I watched, I mean, we talked about you the last ahead. episode, I'm good. but, uh, he, he was, uh, it was, a, I was very impressed by that match. I really was. Him and John had a lot of good chemistry and, uh, uh, I, it's funny you mentioned about your friend spoiling everything. Uh, Donnie can, can uh, attest to this. A few a few episodes ago, we had to actually record on Saturday instead of Friday uh, because I was uh, technical. I was having yeah, I was having technical difficulties. <laughs> uh, so I got so frustrated, I just went to bed. I didn't watch Rampage or SmackDown anything. I was just you ever have one of those days? I was just done. You know what I mean? I, I, I was just. Uh, it's every week, man. <laughs> I won't lie. Like I have not really been able to watch a SmackDown in so long, just because I have a friend. Uh, shout out to my boy Blackheart off the uh, off the Top Rose podcast, and they do a segment on eleven fifteen at Friday nights, and they do, and it's called the Last Week of Wrestling, and they go through every wrestling thing through that week. I literally, for the longest time, I was the only way I was watching SmackDown. Because I was just going to go through what they were watching. Because, I mean, they got the slideshows. It's perfectly written. Cool. And I would 
do that adamantly for AEW they shows go for a all long promotions time too, because or? I mean, I was, I just, How? yeah, they go through all the promotions. Um, they're very most of them are big in New Japan fans, so they definitely want to talk about the New Japan shows. Um, they're getting big Impact believers getting of better. Impact again. Um, Warriors, as really, not, yeah, Bound oh, for yeah. Warriors, pretty and good this year. Was that? I enjoyed it. Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> the induction of Raven was At the end. pretty cool for me, especially for Raven to Dream. give the yeah give the <laughs> end to um you know the induction. I don't want to say that because I don't know if people haven't seen it or whatever, but right. it was really um, cool to see yeah, an so introduction anyways, that way. Uh, just like you, uh, my buddies will not not understand when I tell them, "Hey, I haven't watched this yet." So. I, even on the episode, I'm telling everybody, you know, we're not going to talk about SmackDown and Rampage. I haven't seen it. Even told Donnie, Donnie, have you seen it? Don't mention it. And I continue to get texts. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dude, I'm, I've not seen it. I want to wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, the best ones, what I first did when, you know, when they first started the WWE Network and they would give you the spoilers of the freaking captions, you know, like breaking news, and it would and it would caption like a text message to you after the matches. I used to get so freaking mad because I was like, "How do I get this off my phone? I'm not watching WrestleMania <laughs> yet. Why is it telling me these things?" <laughs> Special one I I had to work one night. It was the WrestleMania 32 um, when Rock came out with Ronda. I was so pissed. I was like, of course the WrestleMania I didn't get to watch that he shows up on. And it was like, oh my gosh. And I was just so mad the rest of that night. Like my whole vibe. I, I was positive until that that text message I was like, Yep. That's how I'm gonna be the grouch the rest of this night. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great insight from somebody who's been there, man. Uh, so I heard you mention a couple times on this episode that uh, that you're you're a big rock fan, huh? Oh yeah. What? Oh, definitely. So definitely. So the Rock was on an interview uh, uh-huh. earlier this week, and he he's trying to say that he's the head of the table. That's a big joke. Roman Reigns is the tribal chief and the head of the New Blood, and he is the head of the table. The Rock is an old man. Yeah, one on a time he was pretty good on the microphone. But, I mean, he's an actor now. He's all soft. Just look at John Cena when he come back from acting and tried to face the Tribal Chief. He got destroyed. So, any advice to your buddy there, The Rock, he needs to know his role and stay out of uh, WWE. Now, look, you guys are both my brothers. Love you guys. But let's get real here. The Rock, I mean, come on. Come on. Maybe 20 years. me? Come on. What do you mean? Name one bad match this man had in so freaking long. And don't just say the John Cena match at WrestleMania 29. Like, Rock... Just got ready to say that. <laughs> Rock got hurt in that match. And for him to still wrestle for 35 minutes with the injury that he had, a regular man would have gave up. Period. I'm not even going to sit here and tell you I could have wrestled up that long of a stint with the issue that that was. Um, the long as I've been, I've messed up on a bad, a fractured knee. There's no way I could have wrestled that extra long time to continue the match. 
Now, I will say this. Rock, I I said it on my podcast today, Rock and Austin deserve to be on a damn dollar bill when it comes to being a superstar, being a guy that transcended WWE, transcended pro wrestling. I don't care, you know, when it comes to the movesets or whatever. Rock and Austin, anyone knows. Anyone knows. It doesn't matter if you're a wrestling fan, a sports fan, or what. You know who the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin are. But you're living in the past. I'm talking about right now. And you don't think the Rock could still deliver? No, I don't. Maybe 20 years ago, brother. Against Roman. Oh, man. The longest reigning current in our history, in our current history, uh, heavyweight champion, the tribal chief. Oh, hey, man. Of quick Roman is up. now... Roman is getting very showcased, whatever. But I'm telling you right now, his entrance song and stuff like that, it's reminding me of somebody that is, I will say, the official head of the table, the jabroni beaten, LLLL, pie eating, tribal chief slaying, people's champ, jabroni beaten, Sami Zayn loving fan, The Rock. There is no one compared to it. That WrestleMania that is possibility that is going to happen now because of what we heard on this press conference. You know, the dirt sheet people, everybody is going, oh, Rock is going at Mania. But what's going to happen? Is it going to be for the title? Or is Roman going to lose the title before WrestleMania? You know, the Rock don't need the title, whatever. I don't care. I want to see this match. I want to see The Rock one more time in the ring at 50 years old look the absolute best he has ever looked. I mean, look at this movie that he just did, Black Adam. Great example, guys. For a guy that usually does a superhero role for a film, have padding. Rock didn't have padding for his Black Adam character. That was literally him. You cannot tell me this guy would not be able to deliver a box office match. I will tell you this right now. If The Rock came in and just did a rock bottom on a show, ratings just drawed instantly. Way more than what you would see with Roman. Uh, I would say it right now. So, first of all, I got one thing to say to both of you for your little song. How dare you come on the show and sing the rock bottom song. I got a quote from, you know, <laughs> my buddy Gable. Shush, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, I actually, I would like to see that match. Um, I, and for the simple reason that people like you and Donnie and Mr. Cage, uh, it'll shut your guys' mouth about the Tribal Chief once and for all. Hey, man, Rock uh, is going to give that work. <laughs> hey, man. That is going to be a match of the decade. When we say that was what was Roman's cinematic main event match that's going to transcend any box office sell that's been going on for a long time, Rock Roman. I just hope The Rock doesn't blow it like he did with Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. Just throwing that out there. He didn't blow it. Oh, come on. He won. What? Yeah, but do you, he won. you think that was a good match? You didn't? I thought it was kind of boring there at the end. Yeah. Yeah, as I say, the crowd will tell you different. That is what matters. And I've said it numerous times. Less is more. 
Hogan, Rock. I'm sorry. Rock came in there as the top babyface. Top babyface. You could not not hate this guy. Fans went in there in Toronto and absolutely crapped on the Rock because it was Hogan. Hogan. That was their guy for in the 90s and all this. And you got a storyline where Hogan just drew an ambulance through the Rock. Possibly, you know, the kid me thought he was dead. <laughs> and him to come back to say Stone Cold. I'm like, yep, my dog is Superman. There is no offense, but Rock is Superman. And I was so invested into this character for so freaking long. And for them to present and Rock to switch the role that he did. That's why the match might have not looked like what we thought. Because Rock worked absolute heel in this match. And that tells you the audience psychology aspect of matched storytelling. That is something that I would tell anybody that is getting into this business to learn what psychology of the crowd is because if the crowd is not feeling you you have to make that role to where the crowd is going to feel with that scenario if they don't like you as that baby face and if you have been in there a long time and the guy you work and y'all can both switch the role it's okay to do that because guess what you are giving the crowd what they want in a visual of a match aspect so for Rock and Hogan, the tagline said it all. Icon versus Icon. That is still one of the top matches of all time just because that name, Rock and Hogan, was on the card. It doesn't matter what the match fully delivered. I thought it delivered well because the crowd was back and forth. It was like watching a football game, honestly. So I love the match, and... Every time the Rocks came back, it's been an impactful feeling, and Rock has delivered, in my opinion. So, I'm looking forward to this Roman match because Rock is a lot leaner. He's not as heavy as he used to be, and he's more easier, leaned out, more muscular. He looks way better than he did back then, which is still crazy to me. He's 50-something years old, and you put 50-year-old Rock next to old Attitude Era Rock, where Rock didn't even look like he was in shape compared to what he is now. Like, it's insane to me. And, I mean, look at the thing that Stone Cold did. Stone Cold drew, and Stone Cold barely did anything, but Stone Cold bumped on a freaking steel. On freaking steel. That part right there just transcended that for me. These little things is what makes matches. The moments, the feels... This match right now will be your new Rock and Hogan segment because Roman is their main guy now. Roman has been this box office draw for so long. I love what they're doing with Roman right now. Nobody has been able to touch Roman. You're bringing back one that can. One that has started the whole revolution of the tribal, you know, the Samoan characters to be that main roster character, to be the top main eventer. And I'm not crapping on Rocky Johnson. I'm not crapping on their family. But Rock has been that more transcender than all of them. You cannot tell me Roman's got way more power than Rock. 
Period. I, <laughs> you will never convince me this. I get it. I get it. Rock can have a wheelchair, and I still tell you Rock will beat him. <laughs> uh, I, I personally think that uh, if he didn't have a heart condition, Triple H should be the one to be thrown up. But we'll never we'll never see that. But uh, I think the final match with Triple H was supposed to have been Rock and him, and it was supposed to have been the um, WrestleMania 32 one. But health issues and with Rock's schedule from movies and him getting hurt doing the Hercules film is what put that down. Um, but 34? Yeah, that's right. That's the one with uh, Kurt Angle filled in for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was I, upset because I was at WrestleMania 33 and he didn't even show up. So every WrestleMania that he has been at, every, every live event in my area where he has been, I'm not in the building. But if I'm in the building, he finds a way not to be there. So I, I'm like a groundhog. I, I when I see Shadow, Rock doesn't show. So yeah, I think it, you. That's the only wrestler I, anybody I've known I have never seen in person, and it drives me nuts. People like to pick on me about it too, because if people are like when you know you, you act so professional around wrestlers and such and such, I will tell you right now, I will probably mark out if it's The Rock. I won't lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie about it. Yeah, I, I, I think you guys misunderstood me. I meant if there was anybody to take the title from Roman Reigns, uh, it should have been Triple H before he started having health oh, issues. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, much, I mean, much more. Yeah. What's up? I said he should be he should be the one much more than The Rock. Yeah, I'm glad you agree. So, let's, uh, let's get out of... Uh, <laughs> so, let's get out of ancient history. And uh, let's come back to current event. <laughs> so on your the WrestleMania Dynamite, main event, what you mean current event? <laughs> uh, so Dynamite results. Let's go over those real quick here uh, before we run out of time. Now, uh, a couple of highlights that I wanted to talk about was uh, uh, the Ring of Honor World Championship match. Chris Jericho versus Daniel Bryant. I thought this was a very good match. I love the ending. I'm glad that Daniel Garcia finally woken up and uh, knows where his bread is buttered at. Hey, man, just another great match by Daniel and um, Chris Jericho. And I love the tie-in that they're doing with Garcia because now, even though he's back with Jericho whatever, you never know. It could possibly be another switch for another storyline. Like, it's so... It makes you really look into this faction more ever because you know with Garcia Jericho and I love what they're doing with Jericho being the ring of honor champion right now because I mean no offense guys Jericho is known I don't know if that offends anybody but Jericho is more known than most of these guys in there I mean Jericho has been doing it for so long and for him to still do it at a top caliber level he does I got respect for him Jericho delivered I liked the match. I actually liked it. Oh, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I, I know I'm a little, but the funny thing is, you know, the list that he was supposed to come out of, it got set on fire. Literally, that was one bad thing about his entrance or whatever that really threw them off in the match. And Jericho's actually said it on his podcast that pissed him off in the same time, too, is because the wind in the building. And obviously, as hot as it was, I mean, gosh, Lee, gosh, oh, if you've never been in Florida heat and you're in the Orlando area, 
in April, you're going to get some heat. And it was, at, I think, 104 in the building. And, I mean, it was hot for that whole five hours before you even got to the light spot. And, obviously, this match was going on when it was daytime. Kevin Owens was getting blown up because of the heat. So, it was just a lot of things that transpired that really kind of killed that, that vibe to the match. But one of the best storytelling aspects, promoting-wise, to get to that climax. And I loved where KO did the finger touch to the ropes. That part was amazing. And I literally have got to say it though, Jericho revamped himself and made himself still able to hang with these young cats. And that's not easy to do at all. Right. Yeah. And, and I, that's what I've been saying I the last couple weeks is uh, Jericho is the Ring of Honor champion because they're working on a TV deal and they need somebody that people they know need to be the champion right now. And, uh, the one thing about uh, Garcia, <clears throat> I don't know. They, he had to come back to the uh, Appreciation Society. He had to. Because the other two knuckleheads, his buddies that are tag team, they're jokes. They really are. They, they don't win matches, and they're not, uh, they're not up to everybody else's level. You have Jack Swagger. You have uh, Daniel Garcia. You have Sammy. You have Chris Jericho. And then you got the two knuckleheads. So he had to come back. They needed him, in my opinion. Uh, the next match is uh, the match where uh, I threw the remote at the television and thought I was actually going to bust the screen on it. I was so ticked off afterwards. <laughs> and that was uh, Pac versus Orange Cassidy. I cannot believe that they let this little orange-haired freak take the AEW All-Atlantic Championship from Pac. Uh, I know that it wasn't fair the way it happened and so forth. Pac was distracted, whatever. But this guy is a joke. And uh, we'll go in the same order. Warren, you can go first. What did you think about this match? I will say they've been putting on good, like, builds up between these two touching. And I wish they would have done it in a pay-per-view standpoint for Orange Cassidy give it a more of an impact but I mean the crowd the crowd loved it um pack still wait the a minute are you an around. orange Cassidy fan no no okay <laughs> no. <laughs> I've I was getting ready I have, to um, I've had some transitions with Orange Cassidy for a long time I didn't understand so I didn't really know much of him and when I watched the first AEW, you know, the first pay-per-view, and I was trying to understand why he was doing, like, the soft tapping thing. But I did get respect for him when COVID happened, and you obviously had to see him really go. And I was like, the 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 example I have for Orange Cassidy reminds me of, like, a Dragon Ball Z character. They have their levels before they became a Super Saiyan and obviously the, the that power ring standpoint. I thought that with Orange Cassidy, because Orange Cassidy goes from, you know, very soft, smooth, not really breaking a sweat standpoint, to if you really piss him off, he will really give you a fight. And I I like that, that character standpoint of him but i'm not a full fan of him i don't understand the squeeze and all that crap 
you know, the denim look. I'm not a big denim fan. First of all, you know, for the denim jacket and all I'm never a fan of that, so it's what fans like. The so match will, was really good. What's up? I, I will admit that uh, the denim jackets and the Avatar glasses uh, were was the same outfit that he wore in the Indies when I went and researched them after yeah. seeing them for the first time on AEW. Miro, I just don't understand title changes on regular TV. What's that? That's my biggest thing. I don't understand. I don't understand, I don't understand the title changes on regular TV. That kind of takes away from the. You don't do it on free TV. You don't do it on free TV. Now I can understand like this was the Mid Atlantic title, right? So this is kind of like the television title standpoint, right? right? Yep. Uh, the uh, okay, so Miro should have been the one to take it off the off the pack if anybody was, in my opinion. But I mean, how many times has Pack beaten Orange Cassidy? That's the biggest thing. So really, could Orange Cassidy afford another loss with him? Like, was this like? Because I remember, I think the story between these two, I mean, Pack has been beating Orange Cassidy constantly. So obviously, him. I remember when he showed up that one night and said, "Who who could stop me?" And Orange Cassidy came out. He looked at him and said, "No." I've already beaten you. You're old news type scenario. So I kind of feel like that was what they were going with this story. I don't see Orange Cassidy having the title long. I just don't see him as a guy to represent the the company to draw ratings to be that champion caliber guy. They, they have so Pack. many wrestlers. It, that's what I was about to go with. You've got so much talent. And I am glad that they did they did do it with somebody that's been there since day one. At least you didn't do it with somebody that just got released and then, boom, new champ, just to say, ha, we put a title on somebody that's from the, the the territory nobody should name, you know. But I don't understand the story that they were going with this. I don't like title changes on free TV unless it happens very it doesn't happen very often. That's the biggest thing. Like with WWE, I mean Impact, and most of these school, I mean most of these promotions, titles don't really change often. So that's how you draw an audience. The audience comes to see that that ba- that bad guy of a champion get beat, and then find out it doesn't get beat. It makes that match at the pay per view so much more meaningful, more special. It's like that that moment where you know your team they they take a beating away, but when it's a home game, it's a different vibe because they're at home, they're in their their area, their territory, their comfort zone. So it's a different vibe because you got the audience, you got the fans behind you. So it's going to be a different game. I feel like that is what a championship should be showcased in shows, and I. Don't like the fact that title has been changed at least four or five times in the last month when it comes to championships in AEW. I hate the fact that they did a rerun show just to basically switch all the finishes from the paper to the next show. I didn't like that part. That just that really I that's really telling me that you are being very sensitive when it comes to these bookings because you cannot take the fact that fans are going to be upset. Sometimes fans being upset, it draws money more. Look at the scrum. It's made a major rating draw because it's a controversial thing that 
dirt cheap people are not getting the full 411 of, so they're going to tune into these shows and get worked. And they're not usually the ones that get worked because guess what? They go behind the scenes. They try to find every little thing about a show. And those are the things I feel like with the title makes it more meaningful. Yeah. Not on free TV. Not often. And with Pack, now the question is what's going to be next with Pack? So is it. Or is Tony going to pack, put this matchup together again and pack wins one more time just because people are upset with Orange Cassidy winning? Like, those are the things that I look at when we do these shows and stuff like that because I don't see Orange Cassidy as a champion. I saw him maybe as, like, you know, the trios title with him and the best of friends or something like that. But I don't, I never saw him as a, a single competitor champion. That's just my honest Yeah, and, uh, you know, and, and to be fair, uh, Pac is still the trio champion, so, uh, you know, he's still got a title. Um, yeah, Orange Cassidy, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, well, you guys know how I feel about him. He, he's just, uh, I, I don't think he should even be doing wrestling. <laughs> Here's the problem. The episode you're talking about where Orange Cassidy... You don't like Freddie Prince Jr. in a wrestling gear? Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's the time of the show where I go get something to drink or turn it off, you know what I mean, uh, for a couple minutes while he's talking or trying to talk or whatever, or when he's wrestling. But uh, It's your go to the bathroom. There break. you go. Uh, but the episode you're talking about where Orange Cassidy walked out and challenged Pac, and Pac said no at first, they had that match two weeks ago, right? And Pac actually beat him and injured him. He was out for a couple weeks. So on the last episode, when I heard about this match, mm-hmm. rematch for no reason, kind of like Moxley and CM Punk at All Out, a rematch for no reason, uh, I actually said on air that they're going to make a huge mistake and let and put uh, Orange Cassidy over, and look what they done. Look what they done. You want to kill your title as fast I as you can? just had to please the audience. You want to kill your title as fast as you can? Put it around Orange Cassidy. That's all I got to say. <laughs> you want me to mute my mic now when we come to this ranking system? <laughs> that was the thing that they separated that separated them from the rest, and they completely went away with it and blew it. And it doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense. And I'll tell you the exact day that they blew it was when that uh, Swerve Strickland and that Swerve Glory with that big fat guy, when they won the title and had a chance to face the Young Bucks over FTR. That's when they threw the ranking system out the window. Just saying. Uh, speaking of title I changes... I think it was a little bit earlier than that. I think when Punk went in the title, I think that was a little bit over the rankings. He, he was ranked number one, though, according to their rankings. He was ranked number one? You're talking about CM Punk and Adam, Adam Page? Yeah. Yeah, he was ranked number one at that time. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm thinking most of these other guys have been having way more matches than Punk, so. Yeah, they go by, it's by win and loss. Yeah. Um, I yeah. don't know how they waited. I, I think they've got so far away from it that, uh, you know, they don't even talk about it anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's cross over real quick to, uh, uh, raw results because uh, a couple interesting things happen on there as well. Uh, by the way, on the match card for Rampage, uh, so far the only thing they really had up for tonight was uh, Moxley teaming up with uh, his uh, partner, uh, Claudio, and they're going against 
but the butcher and the blade. Uh, Anna Jay is mm-hmm. placing uh, Nyla Rose for. Oh, I love this. Nyla Rose stole the TBS title, and now she's defending it. I mean, she literally stole it. She never even had a match for it yet. <laughs> uh, so I think that's hilarious. Ethan Page and a painful match for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, uh, I think she is the one to take that belt often uh, in in that uh, uh, winning streak that the current champion has, Nyla Rose. What do you think about that, Warren? I haven't got your perspective on it. Whew. Um, you know how, like, <laughs> we were just talking about the Orange Cassidy switch? There Fans you go. I get mad at Nyla Rose is the one that wins it. So I'm pretty sure we'll have a show that has Jade winning it again, if that's the case. Um, this would they actually beat her, build though. Jade up. This one could build Jade up, though, if she does win. Because this one could present her as a tough competitor if she does beat Nyla. But it depends on how they do it. That is the biggest thing. They got to they gotta do it the right way for this to work. So, and I, I don't know. Um, but Nyla winning against Jade is not a bad option either. But you're going to get a lot of fans upset with that one. You might you might want to put Sunny Kiss over Jade first before you get Nyla to get that <laughs> one. If it, that's that representation, I'm just saying. Just saying. Oh yeah, I was thinking the same thing. But here, here's the thing about this. In, in all honesty, um, who else are you going to put up against Jade, man? I mean, he, you're out of people. She's beat everybody. No, they want. I know they want Statlander, but Statlander's out for what another six months, right? Right. She got like for yeah, six months. Be- I know that's the one that but they she, want. Um, but she's already. What's that? What's that? She's beat Statlander already. You know, in the past, Jade Jade Cardigan's a beat. What, what else you got? I know. What I'm saying. My honest Paige opinion that they should have done, and they. F- I don't know about Paige. Don't put Paige in there with Jade. I'm sorry. Paige is just coming back. No. Don't do it. Don't do it to her. Um, Paige has got to find her promos again before anything. Uh, oh my God! I know. I have not. I have not liked them. I feel like Tony has told her, "Hey, you got to bash WWE in every promo, or we're not going to do this or something." Because this has been very off. Because Paige has never said anything bad about WWE, and now you're seeing these promos just throwing little shots at them every week and I'm like, come on now. If they offered that opportunity to call you right now, I guarantee you, you probably would have took it. Like, stop it. But, um, I really thought Tony Storm could have been one of them. But they really kind of killed that standpoint to me. It could be Brit, and that one would be upsetting. I would love it. And I could say, it, it could be Brit, but you know how fans would be with that one because they're like, oh, Brit's going to get another title. But I think that one could be more believable. Uh, so the last one of the last things I wanted to touch on uh, on uh, on Dynamite real quick, and I know I was going over the Rampage card, but I forgot about it. What did you guys think? What did you think about uh, Sean Spears? Like, is he bringing back the, the perfect 10 that uh, – he had in WWE. That was so weird. Yeah, but it was in WWE though. Like he's 
he's not he's been the chairman he's been the sean spears with the ellie blanchard on AEW, but the, i i don't know what do you think about that warren I love the Tin character, man. I have said it numerous times. I remember when I met Sean Spears once or twice. Um, I wanted to know what made the Tin character, and he talked about Mr. Perfect, um, you know, Paul Orndorff, a couple of these guys that made that character what it was. And I was like, it's so over. Like, you're just doing this. And, I mean, obviously it's another one just to throw another shot at the big company. Tony's made it very adamant and he's going to have something to try to get WWE as much as he can. Um, Sean Spears can get a comfort zone when it comes to this 10 character because he worked it so well. And the way AEW is, I think that character can be the new main eventer. Especially if he works babyface. Um, Sean, I've never... I've said it all the time. I thought Sean could actually have been... A possible chase runner not not be the champion in the main event picture but been one of those guys to like hey give them that test to see if they made it to be the one of those guys i've always said sean spears was a great hand to put into a match um he could be another one of these guys like how moxley is he could be one of those ones that has a positive aspect of what AEW has been bringing and if they do it right Sean Spears should be one of your main guys like how they used to do with Cody. But only time will tell, and we'll see how long Cody will keep that scenario up. Because I saw the song. It was a mixture of the 10 character and then his older chairman song at the same time. That was kind of weird of a throw-off. Um, if they keep continue that, I don't recommend that. I think they should go full on 10 if you're going to do it. And I feel like the crowd will love it. I don't think they can. I think uh, I'm sure uh, Vince McMahon copyrighted that somehow. You know what I mean? It was NXT's property. Uh, I could so be wrong. It wasn't. It wasn't WWE's property. It was NXT's property. Um, if he pays the five hundred dollars, that's all you need to do to get your bro- get your song. Oh, you can <laughs> you can pay five hundred dollars and get your character from them. I didn't know that. Um, uh, it just depends on how much you've drew your character. So, I mean, Enzo Amore, he's came on podcast and said, well, he, well, he had to pay for his, his ordeal. Um, it's just, it's just a matter of what you want to, what you feel like you bring. Um, this also tells you right. that they did not believe in his chairman character, which I thought was perfect as a heel is just a, they watered it down booking wise. They killed Sean Spears booking wise. Because the guy could have been a great hand in all these stuff that AEW was doing for the longest time. And Sean, honestly, Sean was more strong, built up more in WWE than he was in AEW for a long time, in my opinion. Because it just seems like he was a pony, just a, a faction leader. Everybody had to put him in a tag team to do anything. And Sean could definitely go on his own and be a character. So with this 10 character again, this means they're really giving him an opportunity. I'm hoping that's what that means. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, you, you have. Yeah, you you definitely like Sean Spears more than I do. <laughs> you definitely see more potential. The 10 but, character uh, was perfect. So I loved it. Yeah, I I just I I never found him that talented in WWE or AEW, but 
you know, what do I know, right? Uh, so let's move on to Raw. Uh, okay. Here's fan. something That's very interesting that I wanted to... Well, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I say that to try to move over to another conversation. <laughs> um, so on Raw, something very interesting happened. You had Bobby Lashley come out to the ring. He's getting ready to face Seth Rollins uh, for the uh, United States Championship match. And he's going over how he has uh, defeated all these people in the business. He mentions Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns. He mentions Brock Lesnar. And he says uh, that Seth Rollins uh, doesn't think he's got a fair shot at his United States title yet. And then, boom, Brock Lesnar's music hit. And it, you talk about a pop. You would think this guy hadn't been on Raw in, like, uh, 10 years. I mean, this guy, it's not been that long <laughs> since uh, SummerSlam. But he gets a massive pop. Uh, Lashley's staring at him. Uh, Brock's wearing the cowboy hat. He walks around the ring looking at Lashley. Uh, he picks up the microphone, says, holy crap. Uh, wishes Brooklyn, who was interviewing Bobby Lashley, a good evening. And then, uh, boom, man, he just lays Bobby Lashley out with an F5. The crowd starts chanting one more time. Uh, he does a German suplex and then hits another one, right? And I, we, we actually broke this story a few episodes back on this podcast that he was coming back to face Bobby Lashley uh, in Saudi Arabia. But what I like, the main thing about this whole ordeal, this whole segment, I'll move on to you guys after this, was finally, 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 for the love of God, thank you, Seth Rollins finally got the United States title around him. Finally, he come out, he hit Bobby Lashley, and he won the tip belt, and there's your true champion. No comment, Warren? I like the reverse, and then I love the reverse into this uh, pedigree. I meant the spear into the pedigree. I did love that. And it was so perfectly how they did it. Um, Seth? I'm happy for him. I mean, nobody's had a great year as much as Seth has lately. I mean, putting over Cody, um, the WrestleMania drew out. I mean, that built up it right there. Um, Seth has been doing amazing work. The stuff that he did with Riddle just now. I think now we've gotten that closure with that. Um, the thing with Bobby... I've got to say it, man. Bobby is the newer version of Brock Lesnar. Like, those two are so similar, it's insane to think about it. Like, I think this is going to be more of a major dream match than anything, and we're going to get way more than we got, you know, that last time that they were facing each other, knowing that Roman is the reason why Bobby won the match. But, you know, we're going to get Brock Lesnar in that element, cowboy Brock Lesnar in the in-betweener standpoint. I don't know if he's the bad guy or the good guy. That's the part that we're going to get to find out. You know, is Bobby going to still be the good guy or is he going back to the wrong, the bad guy? Which one we're getting out of him? It's just a big, great match that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a fantastic, fantastic match with these two big guys. Um, Bobby, don't land on your side. Take it flat. That's all I'm going to say. Um, just, just throw the arms up, bro. Throw the arms up and take it. <laughs> throw the arms up and take it. Do not take it on your side. That's all I can say. But I love what they've been doing with Bobby. I mean, 
Since Bobby became the WWE Champion, his character has transcended way higher than he did when he first came in WWE, in my opinion. And I love what they've been doing. The almighty thing is amazing. Fans are behind it. I don't really I didn't really necessarily like the baby face Bobby, but in between her Bobby is what everyone is enjoying and stuff like that. So um, Bobby's actually getting better on promos, which is a shocker because I really thought Bobby was one of the worst ones on the mic for a long time. And the United States title, he did not make that thing look bad at all, in my opinion. And with Seth now with the title, that just even shows more of that showcase of what the U.S. title they're trying to showcase and present into this newer roster, the newer premiere standpoint. So I love the way that they did it. It still made Bobby look super strong because he took, what, suplex, suplex, F5, F5, a pedigree, um, the curb stomp. I loved what they did with that. That part, I really got major respect for both of them, especially for Seth, because Seth never lets anybody reverse a curb stomp. And for Bobby to do it, and for him to have to hit every possible thing, still knowing that Bobby took a beating with Brock to lose the title, that just made him even look stronger. And, you know, Seth, it gave him still that hill heat because, you know, he's picking up the scraps of, you know, from the cowboy Brock Lesnar destroying. And it was it was perfect because both of them got major strength of their characters. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh, excited to find out what Seth is going to be doing. It's about time he's getting something. Uh, I've said it numerous times. I thought Seth should have been the one that already dethroned Roman twice already, but who who knows? Seth or Kevin Owens? I agree. Um, yeah, Seth uh, or uh, Bobby Lashley was on an interview this week on a podcast, and he said something very interesting. I don't know if he was just saying it to be saying it, or if he was trying to throw a little bit of a breadcrumb out there. But he did say that. Uh, he always enjoyed being a part of the Hurt business and working with those guys. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But Rumor factions do, back. They do break Yeah. Factions do break up, and then they do get back together. Uh, we've seen that with another surprise uh, show up on Raw, uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And it looks like the OC is back in business with AJ Styles. And uh, I think oh, I think AJ made a mistake. The Judgment Day is clearly, clearly, the ones in charge of Raw now. And uh, what do you think, Warren? You, you like it that they're back? I mean, they literally just lost their tag team titles on New Japan Wrestling just a couple weeks ago. That's right. Yeah, they just yeah. I. This is why I hate dirt sheet people so bad. Um. There was an announcement on it, obviously the night before, the night of Raw. Um, I didn't really pay any attention to it. Um, the pop was okay; it was mediocre. Like fans were excited a little bit, but people were more compelled and felt that emotional more when AJ hugged Finn and said, "I'm not talking about you." Yeah, that's what made the crowd rise up for that that moment. So. Kudos to AJ. AJ really made that more impactful for 
Luke and um, Anderson. So that was pretty cool to see that part. But um, the build-up with this, the craziest thing is I got to say, the biggest key focal point of what's going on with Judgment Day right now is Dominic. And Dominic's not doing anything, and the fans hate him. Hate him instantly. Um, Finn, it's still hard to hate Finn Balor. I, I He's good on the mic. It's just his voice. It's just not a bad guy feel to me. It's never been. But I love Finn Balor's work. I love everything about this dude. Um, no, my son is a big fan of Finn Balor. And he likes to... Yeah, I, Finn's finally getting something that's shown out to him. And obviously when Triple H came back and took it over and stuff, I literally said Finn's not going anywhere. Finn was one of Triple H's main guys. I remember when Triple H really fought for Finn for a long time. And it's sad that Finn got hurt when he won the, the Universal title the first time because Triple H was a big advocate for Finn to win this title because he was not giving Finn away from NXT if they were going to not give him any prestige in the main roster. So Finn getting that additional Damian Priest, I feel like is being the more leader in Judgment Day right now. I feel like his promos are getting way more believable, impactful. Um, The character is building up more with Judgment Day. Like, Dominic and Priest are really the only ones that fans are hating in this group. They love Rhea. Rhea is the dominatrix of the group type scenario. You know? So it's like, that aspect is so different itself. She's got an effect on Dominic. So, it's interesting (laughs) with that. Uh, I think this is pretty cool with Gallows and Anderson getting their, their pop back. And this is something for AJ. This is a good storyline. And AJ's going to obviously be in the next pay-per-view. That's a big pop for that as well. Everybody's been talking about, you know, AJ's been watered down and not promoted right, left and right. So this is a big time for AJ to get back in the scene. So I say at the end, the end job obviously it is. I think Judgment Day might prevail it. But what's going to go on when they get back with edge and you know what's the scenario with that so it's just a matter of what happens to go into survivor series because that's the rumor dirt sheet rumors over here but i'm excited about it i love what they're doing judgment day they're not watering it down anymore they're really showcasing their talent with this thing I feel like Finn is not the leader in the group for some weird reason. Your leader is not the one that's in the ring all the time. That is my honest opinion. He should be the very last person to go around. If anybody wants to study on what to do with a faction, look what Roman Reigns is doing. Look what Triple H did. They were the last guy to be in that ring. Ric Flair and all the and the secondhand guys were the ones to be in the ring way more than your leader. That's the only thing I have a problem when it comes to this group. And I'm not fighting Sean Khan. I meant uh, Shao Khan from Mortal Kombat in the first level. You're fighting him at the very end, and I. That's the only thing I think would really want change with this. But I think this. I think they're just wanting more matches for Finn. Finn is having a blast now. I can tell Finn is enjoying what he's doing. Um, he's getting to wear this purple character, so purple a lot more. Um, 
I feel like Finn needs to be the demon on Judgment Day. I feel like that would make so much sense to these matches with Finn now turning into the demon. That would actually make me more believable that he's the leader, in my opinion. Because now that works for his character. Like we've saw this, you know, the smile and everything like that. I feel like that's what will get the fans to really know, oh, he's a bad guy, in my opinion. Yeah, um, and I'm glad to see that uh, Damian uh, Priest has a little bit more of uh, uh, leniency uh, because when he was in Ring of Honor, uh, he was great on the mic, and they kind of took that away from him when he first uh, when he was like the United States Champion yeah. and what have you. Uh, so I'm starting to see that side of him come back out, and I really enjoy that. Um, and then the uh, last thing I want to talk about—I know we're running out of time here—was uh, yeah. uh, the Miz birthday, right? Happy birthday, Miz! Uh, and <laughs> here comes Dexter Loomis once again. So let's let, let's put it this way: whenever this is all over with, and we have no idea where it's going, and I wish that they would hurry up and tell us because it's kind of getting old in my eyes. Uh, but one thing about Dexter Loomis that I've noticed, where he's not talking now, he needs a mouthpiece because we have no idea what the freak is going on <laughs> between him and the Miz at all. So. What do you guys think about that? I think that's part of his character. I think that's part of his story. Like he's, you remember the scene where they did with the way, and he said "I do," and the crowd lost it. That's when you know you've got a good character for that moment standpoint. I think with Dexter, the end game is Dexter getting a contract with the with Raw, which. We all clearly know he's got a contract because he's on the show every week. But storyline-wise, I think that's what they're trying to present it as he gets the contract. So obviously this Monday, I think he faces Miz. Either Miz wins. I'm hoping Miz wins and they drag it out maybe to the pay-per-view scenario, make it a story that's going to be a compelled thing. Or... Dexter wins, and this is just another another show that Miz has made someone look good. Um, the birthday scene, bless Maurice's heart. Um, she did everything she could to put her face in that cake. Um, <laughs> I think the best that part was, was when she fell and missed the cake, then went to stuff her face back into the cake. <laughs> oh, that was great, but I like the thing that they're doing, Dexter. Uh, the fans are enjoying it, and it's a character. I preach about it all the time. I want to see more characters in wrestling. Even though it's a weird thing, I don't understand how a babyface for a stalker-type character is a good guy. But this is 2022, and fans are they like what they want. And, you know, AEW's got Orange Cassidy, and WWE's got Dexter Loomis. So, that's, <laughs> I guess that's all we could say about it. I've got a question. Could he be a part of the Wyatt Six? That's what I think. He could be, right? Not, it's not, it's not like, impossible. Yeah, and then, uh, I know that's the last he thing I said we were going to well, talk about. In my but, opinion. <laughs> um, but did you guys see uh, the Austin Theory and... Uh, uh, Johnny wrestling match. Did you guys see that suicide dive into a DDT on the floor that uh, Gargano did? Man, I 
I just I, I went to bed that night thinking about that move. That was great. Did you guys catch it? I I thought it. This shows how impactful NXT is, and this is showing how Triple H is showcasing everyone's archives. Because if you're showing that the main roster audience now is starting to be more that NXT audience, because most of your main roster guys now are all NXT sensationals in the past and now. So the story with Johnny and Theory was perfect. Perfect. I wish it was a pay-per-view match, but so dang good. So good. Um, Johnny coming back, I think this was a perfect person to start him off with. To get him in there with Theory. Um, maybe you might cost something with the money in the bank. Who knows? I like to tease people on this. I just to say it just to make people think about it. But um, Theory right now has done amazing. This year, I'm sorry, guys. People get mad, whatever. Theory's been in, living in everybody's mind rent-free. Every time someone's talked about something that's happened on Raw or SmackDown, you're going to start saying something that regards Theory. And that's something that I say you're doing your job. Because Theory has really grown. Theory has not been in WWE long, but he's been independent for a very long time. And everybody remembered Theory from a babyface. So for him to be this heel that everyone hates now, it's so weird to me. I mean, me personally knowing this guy, it's like so weird to see people hating this guy. Like, it, it's insane to me. And seeing that he had a rumor that he was going to headline something with Cena and all these other things that could possibly still happen, it's just insane to me to know like the, the growing transition that he is doing. Yes, he's not winning matches right now, which is even making him more, more better because if he does cash in the money in the bank comp, comp briefcase, that makes you go, oh, there's the payoff. Um I don't see that happening anytime soon, but the match with him and Johnny Gargano and the way. The biggest thing that I loved about it was Theory was wearing the old trunks that he used to wear when he was with the way. If nobody noticed that. That even made that story more showing like, oh, they're going with that mind that mind control type thing. Like Theory was wearing the way um, trunks and boots and everything like that he used to wear with them. I wish that they would put Candice LeRae something with it that made that even more impactful if that story gets even more built up. But only time will tell. But the match was, I thought, was probably one of the matches of the night, in my opinion. It was a good match. Uh, so final thoughts. Uh, we have a match on SmackDown. Sheamus versus uh, Ricochet versus Karrion Cross versus Solo to determine the number one contender for... Uh, the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, I think Solo. I think Karrion Cross is going to uh, win this match. Uh, your guys' prediction? No, no I prediction. One. I mean, they've took enough <laughs> matches right now. Um, the biggest thing is I want to know how they're going to do with Solo because how Solo's been really strong, built up right now. It might be him, but the thing is, what they're going to do to get him eliminated in this match? But with all the guys that they got so far. I'm going to have to say Sheamus because, I mean, I love Ricochet, but I don't see Ricochet beating these big old guys and then going against Walter. 
That's my honest opinion. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about Ricochet quite a bit. We, uh, Donnie and I both agree that he needs to go to a different promotion. He needs a restart. He's a good wrestler. I love him. He's a great wrestler. But he's it's just, not necessarily I don't know. he needs to go to a new promotion. It's just the fact that, I mean, he's with Triple H now. So Triple H is going to get something where he can really get something involvement with him. Um, I mean, Ricochet has not been a bad hand. Ricochet has still been delivering good matches. It's just, we got to be real, guys. Ricochet is not the big, the biggest guy in the room. And, I mean, he looks like a million bucks. Ricochet is probably only like 5'8", if that. Um, weighs 185 pounds. There's only so much you're going to get with that. That's like saying Johnny Gargano would go and face Brock Lesnar and beat Brock Lesnar. That's not a believable aspect. So it's just a matter of, you know, with what they do with him. I think it's not necessarily you got to win the matches all the time, but he's on TV. So yep. he's getting and, his uh, job. Just to make uh, Mr. Cage happy before we go. Uh, oh, what? By the way, uh, is Loomis supposed to fight uh, Miz on Raw? Is that what you said? I haven't heard that. Yep. He has yeah, a contract. I, I, I don't know. I think yeah, that's I don't know how game. I missed that, but okay. But uh, yeah, Donnie, so just for you, uh, tonight on SmackDown, LA Knight returns. And uh, he goes one on one with Mansoor. Uh, which should be a good uh, should be a squash match for LA Knight, but <laughs> I, no pun intended. <laughs> Donnie, Donnie literally hated that those models and that. Me, I thought it was funny at first until they kept dragging it out. It was a character, man. I I think they should have did a little bit more. I, honestly, I think that would have went way more over in the Attitude Era and in, like in the Ruthless Aggression Era than compared to now. It's just it's hard to do a gimmick like that in a big, a big transcending area for that. Um, I mean, they did their part, man. They done everything that they could do to get this 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 thing going. Uh, the girl Maxine or whatever, and with her and and obviously you know Max. Now that's back to L.A. Night. It made that a cool moment because he's like, hey, I'm done with this Max thing. I've done what I can for y'all. L.A. Knight and the fans pop for it. That's that moment because obviously we could have been like Triple H just taking over. All right, squash that. We're not even putting it on TV. You have to tell the story to change that aspect. So I love how they dragged it out to make it to where, okay, I'm L.A. Knight now. So it's a cool thing with that. But, I mean, L.A. Knight's back. So only time will tell and see what's going to happen. Yeah, it's uh... (laughs) a... I mean, I don't know, man. SmackDown's going to be great. Bray, uh, we don't know if we're going to physically see Bray Wyatt there, uh, but he's going to show up somehow. I, I think it's going to be awesome. But uh, anyways, Warren, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Uh, I am looking forward personally in, uh, uh, to your upcoming matches. When you do find out the date uh, for the uh, match against uh, Eldrade, or wannabe Eldrade, uh, please let us know, and I will promote it like crazy on this on this show. Um, you've definitely been a great fan of the show. Can you uh, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you if they want to reach out and uh, maybe have you on their podcast or vice versa? Oh, yeah. Um, you can email me um, at um, marlowarren5 at gmail.com. I'm 
I respond to all the emails. Um, you can also catch me on Facebook, uh, Warren Marlowe, or you can find me on the Buzzing with Marlowe page as well to book an interview or whatever you want to do. I highly recommend that because I have that WhatsApp thing, and that's been amazing wonders right now. And I know my buddy KY over here, he knows about my calendar, and that link has been saving everything and making it so much easier for me now every day. And it gives me reminders and stuff like that. And I can send you the calendar link. You can book it under there. The links probably will be below with my link tree. Get a hold of me. Uh, you can catch my podcast out on YouTube, Twitch, uh, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your uh, audio version of podcast. We should be on. I know I'm on a total of 73 platforms right now. So definitely, it's a great show, man. I love it. And you know. Good old AP is coming back to give some red, white, and blue butt <laughs> Yeah, I love it. There we go. Actually, I'm I think excited. I've told you this before, but <laughs> I actually received uh, quite a few emails uh, about you last time you were on, uh, talking about your last match and so forth. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of oh, people really? excited. That's why uh, uh, you've got to get that uh, pay-per-view. You know what I'm saying? I think it'll go over really well. Really <sighs> Hey, I'm trying. I'm trying to get it out there, man. We we trying to do it, make the crowd happy. You know, that's that's what it all matters. You got to make the crowd happy. So, we're trying to get it as deliver as much as we can. So, definitely, especially now that COVID is fully almost gone in most areas, it should be easier to book these matches now in a bigger, wide area for more crowds to get involved in there and stuff like that. So. And like I said, the main focal point is I'm trying to get my son to be here for that match. He didn't get to come to my last match that I had almost six years ago. So I know that was one thing that he made me want to promise to him that he wanted to be there for that. If not, make sure he can watch it on on TV like he likes to say. He's like on YouTube is a, uh, a big uh, network for TVs when it regards my son. My son loves on YouTube, so... If he can watch it on YouTube, he's happy, but he wants to yeah. be there as, as much as he can. So, And it's going to be the first time my, my daughter, that's three years old, gets to see her daddy wrestle. So that's going to be pretty awesome for me as well. And so, that, that is fantastic. Excited. Thank you. And uh, like I said, like Donnie mentioned, we are all looking forward to it. Uh, but, folks, you can catch his podcast every Friday live on YouTube, and that's Buzzing with Marlo. You've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast with your host, the Kentucky Guy, and Donnie Cage. Thank you guys so much for joining, and as always, God bless, and God bless America.